listening to True G Radio. Turn up that dial. Welcome to Faith Radio with your host, Dr. Daniel Merrick. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. But that's the translation, but that's wrong. The Lord is not the translation. It is uh, Yahweh or Yahweh. So that's his name. He who causes to be. In other words, that's, that's God's name. So get your Bible and get ready to study the word of Almighty Yahweh with Dr. Dan. That's his name. It isn't Lord. Who has believed their message? And now, Dr. Dan. Welcome to Faith Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Merrick. I'm glad and happy, as always, to have you tune in and listen to us at Faith Radio on the mighty, mighty Word of Yah, which goes out to all the world in worship, in praise, and in the knowledge of the love of the truth of the kingdom of Yah to come under Yahshua Messiah, who is soon coming. Brothers and sisters and Yah, friends and neighbors all around the world, we know these are troublous times in that we have uh, pandemics happening and all sorts of things, but it didn't stop the pagans from doing pagan things and adding to the scriptures and taking away from the truth to practice what I like to call Jewish Halloween. Yes, the impurum acts of unpureness of not keeping the word of Yah was celebrated this past week with the celebration of Purim. It's interesting to note that um, in the book of Esther, the first nine chapters, which are the uh, those included in the canonized Protestant King James Version of the Bible, uh, from the first chapter, the first verse, all the way up until the uh, ninth chapter, the I believe the tenth verse was the last verse before the apocryphal version, which was in existence in the 1611 version of the King James Bible. But in those verses containing in the first nine chapters that were in the 1634 version of the King James Bible, which was put into modern English in England in 1634 published, does not contain the word Yah or the word Elohim or the word Yahuwah for the name of the Creator or or, or any any other such word. Um, in the King James Version, I do believe they used the word L-O-R-D for the king or, or they used the word king for the king um, because a lord or a Baal was the ancient word for lord which meant a master or a deity, which is a root word from the Chaldean Babylonian for the word El or Al for a, a god or an Elohim. Uh, but it's interesting to note, uh, just recently I published a copy of the apocryphal Judith and Esther together, which can be obtained at yahbible.org. Now, the book of Judith has the name of Yah in it, 
and has the name of Yahuwah in it, which is unlike the book of Esther that has not the name of Yah in the first nine chapters of the 1634 version. If you take the apocryphal version of Esther and go on from 9 into the 14th, 15th, 16th chapter of it, then it's it reads differently. It reads like a commentary added on afterwards. And that commentary added on afterwards says things like uh, they praised the Almighty Yahuwah for um, uh, delivering the Jews and uh, other such things, which lends toward the understanding, even in the Jewish Encyclopedia, which is written by primarily rabbis of the Orthodox Jewish faith, to discount the book of Esther as even being an actual biblical book. In fact, they for, for lots of reasons, uh, you can uh, go on my Facebook page and uh, Brother Gerald put out a video or shared a video of another man who who preached against Purim and against the book of Esther. And he's got extensive studies in the materials, which I reviewed last week, that basically says that the canonization or the or the or, or the adopting of the book of Esther as a biblical, actual biblical book is is incorrect. It's it's false doctrine and it's a fallacy. In fact, the story that's written in the book of Esther is doubted by the Jewish rabbis as ever having occurred because of inconsistency in the books, uh, inconsistency in the names and inconsistency of who's involved. For example, when we see, read in the book of Judith um, and in the book of Esther, there are references to the Mesopotamians, uh, which is a whole different group than the Persians and the Mediterraneans uh, of, uh, of Iran that would be brinking down at that time toward the, the land of Syria and, and, and that sort of thing. So we look at the, 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 also the names of the kings in the book of Esther and the names of other key figures in the book of Esther. And it appears as if this is a fabricated story. It's like what we would call today fake news. So um, we have to look and compare to the Torah and to the solid new covenant writings to compare these practices that are done, that are taken and added to, even added to the book of Esther. I mean, they said, and they call these days the days of Purim, and they kept this for uh, a day, okay? But then now modern Judaism in the Jewish religion or sect or denomination of this form of Judaism that keeps it, including some Messianic Jews that keep this garbage, false holiday also, um, they keep it for two days. And then they do things that aren't even in the book of Esther and are more leaning toward an end-of-year celebration on the Roman year, which we know as Halloween. They dress up in costumes and they mock one another and they go around and collect candy and money and gifts and things. And they make it a day of drunkenness and revelry, basically. So, Purim, there's nothing pure about Purim at all. 
And if we go to Torah, Leviticus chapter 23, and we look at it, it says there are seven feast days. The seven feast days and then the three first fruits offerings, which are offerings, not feasts. First fruits is not a feast. I see many Messianic people and many Hebrew roots people out there and many Christian roots people that are trying to get back to the original Torah biblical truths and biblical truths of how we're supposed to practice the faith that that confuse things because of the way their teachers and leaders and rabbis and such are teaching them incorrectly using scriptures that are are not are are, are not it doesn't even say that first fruits is a feast it says first fruits is an offering it says you'll give the first fruits of barley then the first fruits of wheat during pentecost then the first fruits of fruit bearing trees and vines during the tabernacle season and then they leave out the last feast. I mean, it says it right in Leviticus chapter 23. It says, seven days you shall keep the feast of tabernacles. And on the eighth day, which is the day after the seven-day feast, that day after you'll have to have a new feast called the last great day or the eighth day assembly, which represents Judgment's Day. So, when they confuse things by not reading correctly the scriptures in Leviticus chapter 23, they get confused with the King James English, and instead of going back to a clearer version and reading the Hebrew, where it makes it clear that tabernacles is a seven-day feast and that first fruits are offerings within the feast, they're not separate feasts inside of feasts, they get confused and they follow a false doctrine. Like Purim, like Hanukkah, these are added Jewish feasts and celebrations which have nothing to do with the faith of Yahuwah Almighty and the Scriptures. Okay? Now, a lot of people will argue against the Maccabean celebration of uh, the Hanukkah or the dedication saying, well, the temple was dedicated and in Nehemiah it says they celebrated every year for 40 years the feast of dedication of the temple. Yes. And when did they celebrate that? If you read it, it, it makes it very clear. It says it says that uh, even in the book of Ezra, it says he pulls out the book of the law and he sees that this is actually the feast of tabernacle time. And that uh, there's supposed to be a seven-day feast of tabernacles, which is when they kept the feast of dedicating the tabernacle to Yahuwah at the Feast of Tabernacle time in the seventh month. The twelfth month Adar celebrations of Maccabean Hanukkah is a pagan addition to Judaism the same way Christmas is a pagan addition to Christianity or New Covenant Messianic faith. It's the same thing. And you'll find a lot of idiots out there on the internet who try to speak with some sort of authority, who have no anointing by Yah, they have no calling by Yah, they don't read the scriptures, they confuse the scriptures, they get past three words and they confuse one word to disavow everything they just read in six verses before it. This is the idiot uh, fake news mentality of the idiot world today. Just like the idiots out there that go, oh, the earth is flat. The earth is flat. No, it isn't. 
The earth isn't flat, and the scripture does not support it in the original Hebrew for any kind of concept. And besides, who cares if the earth is flat or round? It has nothing to do with your salvation in the name of Yahshua Messiah. Your job as a believer is to go out and preach the gospel unto all kindreds, tribes, nations, and tongues, publishing the gospel and the Bible in every language of the world, and then the end shall come. That's what it says in the Brit Hadashah, in the Gospels, in two of the Gospels, this makes it very clear. It says, Yahshua said, go preach this good news of salvation in the name of Yah and in my name to the whole world, and then the end shall come. The end of what? The end of mankind's self-rule on the earth. A lot of people go, oh, well, the world's going to be destroyed. It's going to end. The world's going to end. It's going to be destroyed. Maybe get hit with an asteroid. No, it's going to get burned up and renewed, the rock and the basic earth planet is going to stay in place, and Yah's going to consume the evil thereon and all the works of man, which shall be as dust on the earth, except for the good works which you've laid up in treasures in heaven. How do you do that? You preach the good news of salvation in Yahshua's name. People get saved, calling the name of Yah, and they're written on the books of heaven, a book of remembrance, a calling on the name and speak about the name of Yah, and a book of life. The day that they got saved, their name gets written in the book of life as being a saved person, being set apart unto Yah, a separate people, a new nation, a new family, a new form of Israel, not the Israel of Elohim, but the Israel of Yahuwah, the people of Yah, who are the bricks of the temple in a spiritual form where the spirit of Yah dwells inside us as a people. So, as Yahshua said, tear this temple down and I'll rebuild it in three days. Destroy this temple, my body, and I will rebuild the temple of Yah in three days. He was saying, when I die and my blood is sacrificed for the sins of the nation and the world, then when I rise again in three days, the new temple, a spiritual temple, a temple built without the hands of men, one built with the hands of Yah only by the spirit of Yah, would be built and reborn. But people confuse the truth with an error, and they love their lies. They love their pagan feasts. They love their impurums. They love to dress up in rabbit costumes, and they dress up men dressing up as women. And it's very clear in the scriptures that a man that is effeminate and that wears those things that pertain to a woman shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. And it says very clearly that a masculine woman who wears the clothes that pertain to a man, that that is an abomination in the eyes of Yah, and they shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. These things are very clear and very simple for us to understand if we just read what's there and take it at literal face value, what Yah spoke into the hearts and minds of the prophets to write, and what he said to the very ears of Moses audibly, and Moses wrote it down. In fact, Exodus chapter 20 was literally written on stone with the finger of the Almighty Yah when he got the Ten Commandments. Now, 
the Torah is very clear in several places. It says, Yah, I'll tell you there's a place amongst your tribes that I will tell you to go to, that you will know to go to, where I've caused my name to dwell. There you give your offerings. There you give your, your vows. There you give your worship. There you give your praise. There you do the things that Yah wants you to do, like following the seven feasts of Leviticus chapter 23. Don't add to it. Don't diminish or take anything away from it. But yet in today's world, mankind thinks that he has the right to usurp the power of the Creator. And you'll even see many rabbis saying, listen to me, don't listen to the Torah. And it's just like when I was in Bible college and the dean of the college, when I read to him Revelation 6, uh, Revelations 2, verse 6 and 15, where it says, The deeds and the doctrines of the Nicolaitans are the things that my Messiah hates. And I looked up the word Nicolaitans in the Bible handbooks that the college had given me to study with for my studies in ministries at the Bible college. And it said, Nicol, one who sets himself above, laity, the Laotians is laity, which means the congregation or the people. So the clergy laity system is exactly what he said. He hates the deeds and the doctrines of the clergy laity system. So how can we have pastors in a congregation, plural with an S, pastors, which are elders and prophets and evangelists and teachers and apostles, which are missionaries and those who called by Yah in multiple offices of the administration of the Messianic believers, as it says in the New Testament, and set up a clergy where one guy is the big boss with a little checker square on his collar and a little white checkers dot on his Roman collar of his black robe priests of Baal and say, well, I'm the boss guy here. You listen to me and I'll tell you everything to do. Come over here and confess all your sins. The clergy lady system is an abomination in the eyes of Yah. We're supposed to have a fluid calling by the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. He's supposed to call people out of their life situation and say, I called you to be an evangelist, to go teach people how to get saved. I baptize them in the name of Yahshua Messiah by immersion. I've called you to be a teacher, teach from the word. I've called you to be a pastor, a helper, a prayer warrior, a part of the body. There should be more than one so-called pastor or what we think of as clergy in the modern denominational religion. Or there should be more than one rabbi. There should be more than one teacher. There should be more than one evangelist. There should be multiple people who are being called to do the work in a corporate body where the Spirit leads and moves in the body. One stands up and has a word. One stands up and has a prophecy. One stands up and has a testimony. Let all things be done in order. That's exactly what Shaul wrote in the New Covenant writings in the Brit Hadashah. Paul wrote, one comes up and they got a song. One stands up, they got, but let all things be done in order. That's what he said. That's the way the first congregations used to worship. They worshipped in houses. They worshipped in fields. They worshipped outside the normal synagogues and temples and buildings. And they moved as the Spirit moved them. They worshipped as the Spirit gave them words to worship with. 
They sang as the Spirit gave them songs to sing. That's the body of Messiah. That's the group of the non-denominational, non-religious, non-institutional, non-conformity, traditionalist, where outside of man's concepts of what should be structurally led in institutionalized faith, we have many brothers who are pastors and many who are teachers and elders and many who are counselors. And then the elder women who know the word, who are righteous and obeying their husbands according to the scripture in learning the truth and love of the truth. The older women nurture and teach the younger women, as it says in the New Covenant writings. That's the way the body of Mashiach is supposed to interact with each other. We're supposed to be a corporate body. We're supposed to be like the flock of birds flying in the air where they all move one way and they start to move that way and then they fly up to this and then they move toward this direction. And it seems like they're doing a ballet in the air. You ever seen a flock of birds do that? That's the way the Spirit moves inside the body of Messiah. Go over here and and do this good work and give this person water and food and clothing. Go over here and do this missionary work over here. Go over here and teach this gospel. Go and broadcast this preaching and teaching. Go and share this book with a brother or a sister. Go and do this. Go and do the body. They fed each other. They held all things in common, it said in the scriptures, which meant that they, even though they had their own personal possessions, they didn't hoard like the important things like food and clothing, things like that. If someone was in need, they went out and they helped the one that was in need. Someone needed a job. They helped the one that needed a job. Someone needed some food. They helped them. They needed clean water. They needed food. They needed lodging. Many people would put them up in their own homes. That's the way the body, love for one another, is supposed to move by the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit in us. So when we see these added holidays and these added things that are detracting from the mission and goal of becoming a temple where the Spirit of Yah dwells in us all and moves us and teaches us and tells us the same message. You know, I've had brothers that are on the other side of the world and the other side of the the United States nation that have contacted me and and said, I I got this word from Yah, and this is what I'm getting about about this, that, and the other thing. And then I go, wow, that's amazing, because I was feeling the same thing. I was getting the exact same message. And so when the word is spoken into us in many different locations around the world, is there really 60 million congregations of believers in the world or is there just one? And the spirit speaks expressly to all the parts of the body. How can you separate yourself from the body that's in the Philippines, that's in Oregon, that's in Pennsylvania, that's in Germany, that's in England, that's in Africa. How can you separate yourself from that body of family of Yah? You can't. The Spirit binds us together. There is one faith, one congregation in all the earth, one Yah, one Messiah, Yahshua, Hamashiach, Yahushua, our Savior, and there is one Spirit that's leading us all. There's one doctrine, one covenant, one way, one truth, one life, and no other way to enter into the kingdom of heaven forever. All right, I'll be back after these messages. 
because we've got to share a few things with you to help us to raise some more money because we need your help in order to do the work that Yah has for us to do around the world in missions and in other things. So we'll be back after this break. You can reach Dr. Dan, Dr. Dan. and become his friend on MySpace at MySpace.com slash Daniel Merrick. MySpace.com slash Daniel Merrick. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-M-E-R-R-I-C-K. Or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Daniel W. Merrick. Facebook.com slash Daniel W. Merrick. D-A-N-I-E-L-W-M-E-R-R-I-C-K. And don't forget to join his free social network at Yaz Space, Y A H S Space dot org. Yaz Space dot org. Yaz Space dot org. Hey, you can tweet me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Daniel W. Merrick. When I was in the Army, we learned about what EMP is electromagnetic pulses. They can come from solar flares, lightning strikes, and even nuclear war. When a nuclear bomb goes off over a country, an electromagnetic pulse is sent out, and all electronic equipment is shut down. A few years ago, my house was struck and the power lines outside with electricity. It sent an electromagnetic pulse EMP into my home, and over $20,000 of my electronic equipment was destroyed. I wish back then I knew about EMP Shield. EMP Shield is a simple little device you can install in your car, in your breaker boxes, in your solar generating equipment that will protect you from an electromagnetic pulse that comes from lightning strikes, solar flares, or nuclear explosions. EMP Shield is what I have in my house now to prevent me from having a loss like I did over $20,000 of electronic equipment. Simply go to yahbible.org and click on the link that says EMP Shield at the bottom of the page. When you do, a, a, pro, a part of the proceeds of your purchases of EMP Shield for your car, home, and electronic equipment will go to Faith Radio Charity for use in our ministry. Thank you, EMP Shield, for being our sponsors, and thank you, our listeners, for getting EMP Shield protection in your home and car. Extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. And it shall be at that day, saith Yah, that thou shalt call me Ishi, and shalt call me no more Be'ali. For I will take away the names of Be'alim out of her mouth, and they shall no more be remembered by their name. Then they that feared Yah spake often one to another, and Yah hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared Yah and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith Yah of hosts. The Yah Bible, available at Amazon.com, your favorite bookstore, or www.thinkyah.com. Well, thank you, brothers and sisters in Yah, for sticking with us during the break time, and we're glad that you 
And stay tuned to hear the rest of this message on the impure. Um, um. <laughs> Being impure is a bad thing to do. Don't you get it? There are commandments of Yah. He wants us to follow the right things. He wants us to repent when we do the things wrong and turn around and go the other direction toward him and away from the world. Be in the world, but not of the world. You know, brothers and sisters, we've got a great website over at Yah space.org which you can join it's an online fellowship an online congregation and during times that we've had over the last year with the pandemics and such it's a great place to meet up with other brothers and sisters get together in chat rooms pray uh, get together on your uh, communication devices and uh, through facebook messenger or skype or other communication talking software and just get together and worship yah and pray because uh it seems like the world's got us all under this uh, uh, mandate to not go to any place to worship Yah, although uh, I know of, uh, lots of people that don't really want to follow that, and they go out and they meet in the woods or they meet in, in homes or whatever anyway. But if you're uh, uh, one of those being cautious and you want to stay away from the COVID-19 and uh, keep a good social distance by uh, fellowshipping at home, you can join together with other believers, and the Roach will bless you. The the Almighty Spirit of Yah will come upon you and uh, join together. Get over at yahspace.org. And don't forget to stop by yahbible.org and pick up uh, a Yahuwah Bible, uh, the book of Judith and Esther, which is included together in a book that we just published. That's a great book. It's It's good for... Uh, knowledge and understanding so that you could see why so many of these um, uh, scholars really rejected and rebuked the book of Esther from being even added in the apocryphal version of the canonized scripture. But there's a lot of uh, contention about the different added books and such. Uh, But we do know that the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, that was straight from Yah, given to Yah, uh, given by Yah to Moses for the people of Yah. And it was the foundation stones of what our understanding about following the right moral, ethical, correct code of how we conduct our lives. So we should follow that. And especially when it comes to like feasts like Purim and Hanukkah, Christmas, Halloween, uh, other added holidays that have a pagan root or identification with it or even a identification with witchcraft or with the celebrations of uh, doing things that Yah told us not to do, like dressing up like women when we're men and dressing up like men when we're women and uh, all kinds of uh, drunkenness and revelry, which is, uh, you know, like the pagan Saturnalia. And uh, it got turned into Christmas in America. And now the whole world keeps it like it's, Uh, the birthday of the Messiah, but it's not. This is a lie, you know, and it says very clearly in Revelations, whoever loveth and keepeth a lie that they shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. It talks about the second death and the lake of fire and being burned up and consumed away because we did not love the truth. And so if you're not going to follow the truth, then, uh, then what's the purpose of your faith? Uh, I mean, if your end is going to be destruction, um, you know, and, and there's scripture that talks about that kind of an attitude that people have, that, uh, 
uh, they, they'll say, oh, well, let's eat and drink and make merry for tomorrow we will die. Um, you know, that's not the attitude of a believer in Yahshua Messiah or in Yahuwah the Creator. You want to be fostered in the body where the calling of Yah's Spirit is amongst all of us to keep the seven feast days, seven feast seasons in Leviticus chapter 20, to worship together in spirit and in truth, John 4, 23, and to know the truth and love of the truth so that we shall be written in the book of remembrance, Malachi three sixteen, and the book of life, as it says in Revelation those whose names are written in the book of life. Why the book of life? Well, the day that you believe on Yahshua Messiah, your name is written in the book of life. It's written in that book. It was written down on such and such a date, on June 12, 1967, Daniel, Dania, Merak, Mary, said, Yahshua Messiah, forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart and to live inside me. Bless me with your spirit. Fill me with your ways. Teach me and guide me. Write my name in the book of remembrance. I love you, Yah. Thank you for forgiving me. Yah, amen. And so it gets written down in the book of life that that's what happened on this date at this time. And then you go and you do the things which becometh the righteous, ethical, moral, correct, and good things to do in the eyes of Yah, according to the scripture. You start reading your Bible. You get baptized by immersion in the name of Yahushua, Yahshua Messiah. You get uh, led and then baptized in the Holy Spirit and given gifts of prophecy and tongues and interpretation of tongues and discernment of spirit. And the joy of Yahuwah fills you up and you become a new creature in Yah. And you don't follow after the ways that you used to follow. You follow the ways of Yah. So, don't get distracted by the Impurim. Don't get distracted by the Halloween. Don't get distracted by the uh, 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 Dan Cupidus demon arrow shooting heart day, <laughs> Valentine's Day. They, they, got, uh, they got a holiday for everything, and then they totally ignored everything that Yah said in Leviticus chapter 23. I grew up in a Christian church, and not once did they ever take me to Leviticus chapter 23 in all the years as I grew up there and said, you know what? Maybe we should be keeping the seventh-day Sabbath. It says here, but it says six days, do your work, and on the seventh day, right? Maybe we should be keeping the Sabbath. Maybe we should be doing this one, Feast of Passover. Hmm. Do this annually in remembrance of me. Even Yahshua says it. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember what I did on this Passover by dying and shedding my blood for your sins. Remember that the Passover lamb and the Passover in Egypt was a type of my death and resurrection. And you shall have another Passover too. The Passover of the great tribulation period when he shall pass over the plagues of us during that tribulation period and prepare and he has a place prepared for us in the wilderness to protect those people who are following after Yah who are filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and are doing the right things. So, you know, this is a practical experience that we are having now with the onset of the three periods of times of tribulation times of rumors of war, times of Jacob's trouble, and then the great tribulation, how it all ends. And you're right in the midst of it. And if you look at the book of Daniel and you go to yahbible.org and get my book on, on the Jubilee calendar of Yah, and you'll see 
that there is a time, a time, and a time and a half spoken of, and that that time, time, time and a half corresponds to Yah's calendar timing of the Jubilee years, the seven years land Sabbath, and the seven-year period leading up to a land Sabbath. So if we take the three reckonings of time of Yahuwah and look at that, and you look at my book, the Jubilee Calendar, you'll see that we've been in the times of rumors of wars and wars for 170 years or so, according to three times the Jubilee and a half more, which would be 175 years. Every 50 years of Jubilee is 150. Take another 25, you got 175 years. You go back to when all these wars started. It's when the Great Crimean War started and all, all this other stuff. And then the world wars continued from then. It was, it was when the, uh, uh, you go back to that time, it's, it's when the um, Civil War began in America and the Crimean War. And there was many beginning of wars and rumors of wars. And then you go back 24 and a half years and you look at the time of Jacob's trouble when the even the rabbis in Israel had said, well, this is the time of Jacob's trouble. And you look at it and you, you could count from the day that they spoke up and said that because they were led by the Spirit of Yah to speak it and to say, this is the time of Jacob's trouble. And you look, you go count 24 and a half years, then you got the last three and a half years of the last half of Daniel's 70th week, the three and a half years of Great Tribulation period. So get over to YahBible.org and check that out. I think you'll enjoy reading that. And I'm not saying that for 100,000% that I'm sure and that I've prophesied that this is going to be the day when Messiah returned. No, I'm saying that this is the most likely, given the information and the in uh, and, and a spiritual-led discernment of what the Scripture says. So it may, it may be a little longer to that time, or it may be a little less. We don't know. But we do know this. If you don't know Yahshua Messiah and have your name written in the Book of Life, in the Book of Remembrance, as those who think on his name, then on Judgment Day, you're not going to make it into the kingdom. So you want to be prepared and ready and righteous and following the ethical, moral, and spiritual code of Yahuwah Almighty and found in the Torah, found in the Brit Hadashah. You want to be under the new covenant of Jeremiah chapter 31. You want to be calling on the name of Yah in spirit and in truth and not calling on any other false name or buying the garbage of those people that are out there preaching the lies that are saying that the name of Yah is this or that or the other thing or not important because it is important. If it wasn't important, then it wouldn't say in the scripture in the book of Acts that there's only one name on which we must call to be saved. So if the name wasn't important, then Zephaniah 3 wouldn't say, I'll restore you to a pure Hebrew language and you should call on my name with one consent. If the name wasn't important, the scriptures wouldn't align with salvation being enacted by the power of you calling on his name for salvation. That is what the scripture teaches, that you must speak the name of Yah before witnesses and call on his name for salvation. And that's how you get saved. That's how your name's written in the book of life. So don't let someone mislead you and misguide you into the false doctrines and distractions of Doubtful dispute doctrines such as flat earths and all this other 
nonsense like Imperium and Maccabean dedications and, and Halloweens and Valentine's Day and Shamrock Leprechauns and Easter Bunnies and Fertility Goddess Worship. I'm, yeah, forbid you ever get into the sanguine Wiccan witchcraft garbage and Satanism because that's all a bunch of garbage too. That's worship of genitalia and dirt and fire and earth. It's such a nonsense and it's all perpetrated even in cartoons among kids where they brainwash them with this stuff about the elements and worship of the elements and Mother Earth and, and climate earth change day and stuff like that. It's garbage. You know, Scripture is very clear. It says in Revelation that Yah is going to destroy those that destroyed the earth. It says that. So, you know, you're destroying the environment of Yah's creation. He's going he's gonna to rebuke you for that. I mean, uh, but then there's some things that they're calling destruction of the environment that aren't really destruction of the environment, aren't really pollution of the environment. I mean, like for pulling oil out of the ground. Um, in actuality, when I was a child up here in Pennsylvania, there were pools of swamps that had oil bubbling up in the pools of swamps in the 1950s and 60s. When I was a child in the 1960s, we saw swamps that had oil literally bubbling up from the earth because so much oil down there. And it, it polluted the swamp with oil. And, and and once in a while, bird would fly in it and then fish would die or whatever. Um but then, you know what they did? They started drilling more wells, and they drew off that oil, and they cleaned up the swamps, and it actually was better for the swamp land and the wetlands here in the in the foothills of Pennsylvania, in western Pennsylvania. It was, it was much better for it because when they drew the oil out, it, it stopped it bubbling up and polluting the swamps and going into the rivers and the streams where it was. And that was happening by natural occurrence of the earth. So... Don't be confused by all this. I've got the call to climate change and the call to this and, and oh, it's evil to do fracking and all, all that kind of political garbage and noise that's out there. A lot of it is uneducated and unspiritually wise things. They don't realize that in many ways, mankind's production of oil and other things like that is actually better for the environment and the earth than it is to leave it to bubble up on its own and just spill out into the waterways and cause pollution in that way, which it did when I was a child in the 1960s. So we can be better stewards of the land that Yah loans to us for our dwelling on until the day we die. You know, um, there was, uh, when I was a young boy, my dad told me, he said, you don't really own anything in life Everything you have is a loan from the Almighty, from Yah. And that Yah loans you everything that you have in life. So it doesn't really belong to you. You don't really have it. You don't take it with you. And all the things that you create and all the things that you build and everything in life, even though those are good things and those are, are worthy of recognition and praise and honor because you're doing it toward righteousness and toward uh, helping your family and your friends, your community, and your fellow worshipers of Yah together. Uh, but in the end, those things that are done of our own hands and works uh, will be burned up in the end, I mean, quite frankly. 
Um, the only things that lay up treasures in heaven where moth and rust and destruction will not corrupt it and fire doesn't burn it away is the work you do for the kingdom of Yah, the things you do to help others for Yah. Then Yah puts like a spiritual bar of gold and platinum in the bank of heaven for you. That's where your treasures are at. He puts like some rubies and some pearls and some diamonds and some emeralds and some amethysts of beautiful purple, clear stones. He puts all those things in a big bank up in heaven. And then uh, I don't know if the angels do it or whatever, but it, it says in the scripture that you get crowns a crown of life, a crown of righteousness, a crown of joy, a crown of glory, a crown of different types of things as rewards on the last great day, which is Judgment Day, which everybody wants to erase out of the seven feast days because, <laughs> good gracious, we just will add it into tabernacles and say, oh, well, it's just another little added eight-day thing in the in the seventh day. But Leviticus chapter 23 makes it clear. Seven days feast of tabernacles, and then the eighth day afterwards is a one-day Eighth day assembly, it's called. It's a whole new feast. It's a whole new time. It's a whole new feast day. It's the seventh feast day of the seventh feast in Leviticus chapter 23. Don't be confused by replacing the last great day with some feast called first fruit when you're supposed to give offerings three times a year. You're not to come empty unto Yah, but you're supposed to give the offerings of first fruits. So we give offerings, though, to ministry to spread the good word and the message of Yahshua Messiah and the faith like we do on preaching and faith radio to share with the world in missionary works. We have missionary works in the Philippines. We do works in Ukraine. We do works in other places around the world as well as the broadcast on faith radio. So I want to encourage you to go over to our website at yahbible.org. Pick yourself up a Yah Bible. Click on the little logo of CYMG our Congregation Yahshua Messiah logo there, and go over to PayPal and give 100% of what you give through that link underneath the little logo at yahbible.org for CYMG with the menorah on it. 100% of it goes directly to the nonprofit organization to do works of good works, of faith and preaching the gospel to the world. We do lots of works, which you get over yahspace.org, you'll see we're working with missionary now over in the Philippines. We're working with people in sending boxes and packages of food and clothing to um, Ukraine. Uh, of course, my wife is from Ukraine, so we give packages to family members, and then we give packages and works to other groups and other people over there. So we try to share the wealth of Yah and his kingdom with those in need as much as we can. And there are other works that we do through our chartered organization, the MerrickFoundation.org, works where we do studies in genealogy and publishing of books. And we also are working toward uh, doing other community service works in our local community to expand the knowledge of people so that they have an understanding that the scriptures is not just a history book, and it's not just a genealogy book, but it's a spiritual book that gives you guidance for your life. And it actually talks about your ancient relatives and what your ancient relatives did. And if you get the guidance from that, that leads as a stepping stone toward your faith in Yahshua Messiah, then praise Yah, we've done one more thing that we can do 
to lead others to the Messiah and to have their name written in the book of life and to live eternally in the kingdom of Yah in the new Jerusalem on the renewed earth. I'm Dan Merrick for Faith Radio. May you be blessed and kept by the grace and the brightness of the glory of Yah with his hand in all things of your life. And pray for us, and don't forget to stop by our website. May Yah bless you. Talk to you next week. This radio broadcast depends on the contributions of viewers like you. We appreciate your tithes and offerings and the gifts of our supporters and listeners worldwide. Without your kind gifts and offerings, we cannot reach so many with the good news of Messiah's love and salvation. To give your gift online, you can click the PayPal button at thinkya.org. That's T-H-I-N-K-Y-A-H dot org. Or visit our social network at yahsspace.org. That's Y-A-H-S space dot org. Our goal is to continue to reach the world for Messiah, and your tax-deductible contributions are greatly appreciated and help keep this broadcast on the air.